Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man vs. Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. I've got a great episode this week with Erin Martin from the Pink Shade podcast. She is so funny and insightful, and we talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which are back, and the Real Housewives of New York, and just a little bit of Vanderpump. Didn't really have time this week to get into Atlanta or Summer House, but wanted to share a few thoughts on Vanderpump Rules before we get into the chat with Aaron Martin. I know a lot of us have been pretty disappointed by this season of Vanderpump Rules, and I definitely have been, but I think I may be lowering my standards during quarantine because I am possibly the only person that did not hate this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules with Tom and Katie redoing their wedding in Vegas. Was it fake? Yes, of course. Was there too much Lisa Vanderpump and her, you know, garden restaurant in Vegas shown and her being on the hotel room key and her trying to drum up storylines with Max and just, I'm sorry, Max is not going to happen. I don't think any of us like him. Yes, all of this is true, but I still got a laugh of watching Sandoval and Stassi try and officiate a wedding in Vegas for their friends. I don't know. I really think that my standards have just been so lowered and I am concerned for myself. I think we've all been thinking for the last few years that Vanderpump Rules has kind of hit possibly its end. And I just wanted to say that I don't want to see it end, but I do believe it needs to split into two shows. One that is sort of the traditional sir restaurant and servers and drama with younger people. And then one with the OGs, seeing them be the people who they are today. I think what drew us all into the show was how authentic it was. And we've lost that. And I feel like if we can bring the authenticity back, not force people to be friends who aren't friends, not force people to pretend to work at a restaurant that they don't actually work at and don't need money from, maybe it'll get better. I'm not sure. Would love to hear your thoughts. 
As always, you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker and also at ITRL Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at ITRL Podcast. Love hearing from you. Without further ado, here is Aaron Martin. Hi, everyone. I am here with Aaron Martin of the Pink Shade Podcast to talk all things Bravo. How are you doing, Erin? Hey, I'm doing so much better now that you just counseled me for about 30 <laughs> minutes before we started talking Bravo. I, I got to tell you guys, Mandy was sent to me today to calm me down, and you have. And now we get to talk about her favorite things. Well, it's just, it's such a rough time for for everyone. I mean, and one thing I was doing was putting my like thoughts and feelings and comparing them to people that were in worse situations because I thought it was making me feel better. But my therapist was like, no, your like concerns are valid and you don't have to be someone on the front lines like intubating COVID patients to have concern mm-hmm. about what's happening. I can't believe you just said that. We're definitely on the same wavelength because I just talked about this over on a Patreon episode this week with my our friend, Mary Payne. Love Mary Payne. <laughs> I know, I know. Mary Payne Gilbert, I do recaps with her on Pink Shade and then we have a Hey Bunky Patreon. And I was saying how much a recent episode of Brene Brown's podcast helped me about comparative suffering and how mm-hmm. we need to stop doing that to ourselves. And then judging ourselves for coming up short, not suffering as much as somebody else, which you can always find somebody who's got it much worse and you can always find gratitude in what you have. However, you can still have empathy for yourself, whatever you're going through. Oh, I love that. I definitely. Mm -hmm. And so we were just talking about like anxiety and just lots of different coping mechanisms. But I feel like now is the time to re- stock the tools in your tool shed for dealing with anxiety. Absolutely. And um, yeah, thank you for your session because you just stocked (laughs) mine chock full. I have things written down. I feel better. I mean, I seriously, girl, it is day to day. It is day to day day day. how everyone's feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just important for people to have grace and be kind to each other. You know, and save save your snark for the housewives and for the TV shows, not each other. Yes, definitely. Well, what do you think of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiering sans Lisa Vanderpump? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love it. I, oh, wow. I didn't expect it to feel the way I did seeing these women. But, I didn't either. I was kind of like, where, where? Because I'm a New York junkie. I mean, yes. I know that you're a fan of New York, too. I, I think New they're York, just the favorite. dream team. They're yes. MVPs. They crack me up. I love all of them. I'm really here for Leah. I think she's a great addition. But I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. You know, all these seasons are starting. New York and Beverly Hills, two of the big hitters, for me at least. And the the sort of main OG is off of them. You know, Bethany's not on New York. Lisa Vanderpump is not on Beverly Hills. And I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed both. Me too. I didn't realize how badly I missed the ladies of Beverly Hills because I was so annoyed with them by the end of last season. But I am here. I am ready. They are fresh-faced. They are fresh-dressed. 
They are giving <laughs> looks. They are giving life. I was like, ah. Uh, and they started the episode in New York City. I know, right? It's like it couldn't be better for us who love New York. I mean, it couldn't be better than them starting it there. And I love that there was sort of like a fish out of water thing. I mean, Kyle's rocking her quarantine bangs, looking real crazy, but it's okay. She right away is all about this fashion show. So there was an event. I love a good event episode. And they started with one. It wasn't just them and their houses. Um, Erica seems like she's mixing it up a little bit more. Like she's trying to pretend to be friendly with people, which I enjoy because she can just be a cardboard cutout sometime, which annoys me. I think Erica vibes with certain people and doesn't vibe with others. And it's hard for her to fake it. It is. You know, <laughs> but right. I think yeah. she genuinely vibes with um, Garcelle. She seemed to really dig her right away. I really dig Garcelle too. I mean, I am glad she's there. And what is going on with Sutton? Why is she not a full-time cast member? Have you heard the rumors swirling around that? I have not heard the rumors. What did she do that got her demoted? You know, I don't know if it was something she did. What I'm hearing, and again, I only deal in rumors, not facts. So I mean, put a big old allegedly <laughs> in front and behind and in the middle of everything I'm about to say. I read someone post somewhere that she actually was supposed to be a full-time housewife. Oh, I knew no, that because they announced did? it. I think right. they announced two new cast members and they made it sound like it, they were both going to be full-time back in the very, like months and months and months ago. Yes, you're right. She was in that announcement. So that was supposed to happen. And they filmed her as if she was one the entire season, but much of the footage of her and her daughter, I believe, had to be taken out because of a dispute with her ex-husband. And so they had to just automatically demote her because of the footage. But we're gonna we're gonna see her on the cast trip. We're gonna see her a lot. It's gonna feel like she's a regular housewife. But since they Got had it. to, I guess, cut so much footage out based on the legal drama with her ex. And it's that not like kind of she put her in this other lane has had time to establish herself prior to this, the way that like Bethany never showed Bryn, but still maintained mm -hmm. herself as full time. Right. It's just, so again, hasn't I don't know if that herself. rumor is true, but she hasn't. Right. But she's going to, I mean, we see she has confessionals. She's going to be on the cast trip. She's going to be in the mix just as much, but we probably won't see behind the scenes like her life as the much same as we way. Have. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. Barbara, that happened to last season on New York. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what did you think of Sutton? Uh, I, I was depressed that she wasn't going to be a full-time housewife. That she was, but, then I, but then when I read, okay, they did film her and everything is going to happen, I was like, okay, good, because she seems to be kooky as hell, and I live for that for Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills needs a kook. A kook and someone like she had the I don't know if it's the right amount of delusion, but she definitely had a lot of delusion. Oh, a ton. And she also says outrageous things in her confessional, but just very straight faced. And I love it. She doesn't seem like um, she just really seems different than the rest of them. And Garcelle does, too. Garcelle's very comfortable being, you know, who she is. She's got an established career. Behind her, I know many of the Beverly Hills women do when they come on the show, right? Except for Kyle, so yeah, I it just the energy felt right for me overall. Me too. It just felt right, and it hasn't felt right in Beverly Hills for a very long time. 
I loved it. And those last two minutes, well, we'll, we'll go through the episode first. So, you know, they're in New York and Kyle is apparently debuting a fashion line at New York fashion week. It seems like she has no idea what she's doing and refuses to acknowledge any shortcomings with regards to like how she's unable to correctly develop a fashion line. What did you she has no idea. She She's like, I send uh, Pinterest photos to my designer and then she designs these things. I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? I have <laughs> never felt more for that Tracy of like not her partner, <laughs> but the woman who was so pissed at her because it's like someone's doing all the work. This is they're working mm-hmm. around the clock making garments and trying to guess what you want and then you show up in person and don't like half the things and are so flippant about someone else's work when you're the one that hasn't provided enough direction exactly you're just sending pinterest photos and acting like you're the designer and it's going to be your show i mean how enraging (laughs) it felt like and her clothes especially there was one or two that i liked and everything else felt sort of like a cross between lisa frank and like a kid's caboodles box yeah it was there were some very like mrs roper yeah Garments in there, Three's Company, current reference. Yeah. Um, it was like, what it, are you Kyle. doing? Kyle lives in hideous calfkins. I mean, or caftans, whatever. She lives in those things, and she's never been a style maven. But yet, she's always all about, you know, opening her store or doing this fashion line. It's like, girl, I don't know. Go, like, maybe get a water bottle line or something. She's not really a person I would look to for fashion direction. Yet, she fancies herself designer because she takes Pinterest photos and I feel like this season is going to expose Kyle as not being as carefree and relatable as she's come across over the past however many years I Mm. really think they're going to expose some cracks and some flaws because she wants to be seen a certain way and I don't know if she's always that way because how she treated Tracy and and just like last minute, like adding her daughter to the fashion week lineup, you know, that That messes up stuff. You can't just do shit like that. I know she's very entitled and she's always been entitled, but they're definitely showing it right out of the gate. Right away. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So then we're introduced to Garcelle and I haven't seen a lot of the shows and movies that Garcelle's been in, but I definitely know her name. I love that she is from Haiti and moved to Massachusetts at age seven, that like her mom wanted to give her a better life. And she's like, here I am. And she's a single mom of twin 11 year old boys, which I think will be relatable to a lot of viewers who um, are sharing custody of kids. You know, yeah, it's not an exactly. easy thing to do. Um, she seems to really vibe with Erica and Denise and she kind of comes on as, is it Denise's friend? She comes on as Denise's friend that they've known each other forever. Um, but she seems to know Lisa too. Mm-hmm. Doesn't she? Or am I wrong about no, that? No, they definitely seem to have some sort of rapport that they've known each other in the business. But I feel like Lisa Rinna knows everyone. I do too. I feel like I know Lisa Rinna at this I, point. I know. And I feel like Lisa Rinna also is the same to everyone. Like she's nice to people no matter who. I've heard this from people who've met her that she is like however she appears on her Instagram or on Beverly Hills is like how she is. I agree. I think she's pretty authentic and it can get her into huge trouble sometimes, but I think she's authentic. She's not a Dorit. 
No. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Dorit. And so then Dorit is helping out Kyle with this fashion show. But I think she's kind of miffed because like fashion is her thing. And right. I, I mean, for all of the issues with Dorit, I do think she is more detail oriented when it comes to fashion. And for Kyle to like miss so many things with regards to both her line and to the actual fashion week show, like getting, you know, Dorit's shoe size wrong. I mean, come on, like that kind of just stuff everything. is like, that's just like the basics. I think it's really sad when Dorit is making you look like a fool. You know what right. I mean? Like you got to be really low down in your skill set to, for Dorit to come out looking like the good one here. Because like her Beverly Beach thing, she's been in this lawsuit. I heard her offices were like all fake last year that they filmed in. I mean, she's such a sham of a person. And then for her to look like the authentic one and Kyle to look like the fuck up is kind of funny. It is. It is. I wonder, I feel like when we see previews of the season, it shows Kyle being annoyed with Dorit and Dorit not being able to get a word out. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of interested to see some of the fractures around Kyle. Uh, well, you know, they're all coming for Denise. I mean, they're setting her up right away as the villain. And Kyle loves to have a villain other than herself, even if it's her own sister. She loves to have a villain so that she can be the victim. She's very uh, comfortable and skilled at playing the victim. I've never had an issue with her because I love Mauricio so much. I, I also, when she was having that Fashion Week thing and he was doing his agency party, and she's like, he's probably like drunk and stoned. (laughs) <laughs> so hard. I was like, I love him. I just love him. Me too. He's like one of the greatest housewife husbands of all time. I mean, he truly is. And it's like, how did they ever match up? Kyle did not really bother me early on. I love the Richard sisters drama. I live for it. I want to know everything about the behind the scenes. That family fascinates me. It's so toxic. But I never really know who the real Kyle is. Right. And, and I think she me. likes it that way. She does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we're introduced to Sutton, who was just basically a rich bitch (laughs) from the South. (laughs) She is crazy with money. So therefore, she will be known as eccentric in her life, which she is. I mean, she's coming out wearing a bra under a see-through top. No one's going to say shit to her about it. She's like, how's this look? Lisa Rinna's like, it looks great. (laughs) You know, like, what are you going to say? She's so crazy. I am not a fashionista, and I don't know almost anything about the fashion industry. But what does it mean, like couture? Does it mean that it's like it's the only one of its kind? It, yeah, like special, okay. specialized, handcrafted. Do you remember when Alexis Bellino was on Orange County? That box of rocks for a brain, and she was developing Alexis Couture. Oh, and she God. goes, and they asked her. The producers go do you know what couture means? And it was the name of her brand. And she goes, yeah, it means fancy or expensive. She said one of those <laughs> things. Like she, she didn't even know. I think she literally said it means fancy. Somebody, somebody remind me. It was hilarious though. It was some really that like is... monosyllabic yeah. word. She just could not. Oh God, whenever celebrities she was. do like red carpets, especially around the Oscars, and they're like, oh, this is so-and-so couture. I'm like, oh, is that like the one-of-a-kind gown? Like you can't find that one gown anywhere. Okay, that's what I assumed. Yeah. So then when yeah. they go to the Dolce couture whatever room or set of rooms, I mean, it looked insane. And if that's all she wears, I can't yeah. imagine how much money that costs. Yeah, she's got real money. 
And as we were talking about, I mean, obviously she's in some kind of like situation with her husband or her ex-husband or something. I'm not sure what the money situation is, but it sounds like it's contentious, at least when it comes to the kid or the kids. Does she have one kid? More than one? I have no idea. I didn't even know who she was. It sounds like her um, divorce settlement set her for life. So she's good. That's she's what good that's what Lisa Rinna was kind of describing. And then when Sutton is trying on those clothes and Lisa takes one of the crowns or tiaras and she she does that like the crown is heavy, darling. So leave it where it belongs. And then it was like, it ain't that heavy. <laughs> Just kind of like an ode to the era gone by. I know it was pretty good, actually. The editing of this episode was good. I mean, from the moments like that, and then, of course, the end, which we'll talk about, was amazing. How they wrapped up the end, gave us that giant teaser for the rest of the oh season. My God. I was like, oh, so the editors. Good. So good. I'm a little cautious because I feel like they did that last time with the fight they between did. Kyle and LVP, and it didn't end up materializing to be as interesting. But I think I'm I'm praying that this one does. So. Then we see um, all the ladies are in uh, New York. Erica actually takes a bunch of them over the river to New Jersey to show the go-go bar slash not quite strip club because they wore bathing suits, but where she started dancing when she was 18 years old. And I really appreciated that. Like, you know, she's like, some people grew up with parents who have money and I didn't have money and I had to be able to feed myself, you know, <laughs> and and good for her and I don't know. I thought that was interesting to see like where she came from. Yeah, I think that when they tried to make Erica more relatable, they forced her to do things like this. The only thing I would say is that uh, scenes like this with Erica actually bother me because she always wants to be relatable and down home. I mean, if you had the pleasure of reading that awful book about I her life get through it. Oh, I read I read the whole thing and she was perhaps more insufferable by the end of it than before I read it. I was like, I can't believe I just wasted all this time reading this book. However, I did, and I reviewed it on my podcast. <laughs> you a terrible book just, review. I don't know. I couldn't and get it, into it. It never, it never, um, and it, it, Brian Moylan did a great job with the book. He's it wasn't, amazing. It was just, yeah, he's a fantastic writer. I live for his vulture recaps. And, Me you know, too. He, he did a great job writing it. But it's like she couldn't even go deep enough in her own memoir. She never really hit those notes for me. It was kind of boring and not too self-reflective. And she talked about the time in the strip club. And I just thought, are they going to do a thing now, like a reading rainbow, bring all these scenes from her really quite boring book to life in the series? Because I am not here for that. Like, okay, fine. We went to the go-go bar. Good idea, producers. Trying to make Erica relatable just Mm, I don't know. It Interesting. It never quite happens for me. It feels too curated. It feels too produced. Well, another thing that felt produced was when they were all together hanging out outside and they had Teddy tell Denise the story that just broke that Charlie Sheen said he wasn't going to pay child support to her right. anymore. So like that was clearly a producer. And she even said, don't get mad at me before she said it. And then to have and then in that moment to have Erica then call Tom I enjoyed that because I want to hear more from Tom about how Denise really needs a lawyer for this this was my first kind of thought into like kind of peek behind the curtain of Denise and how her brain works and how she's very different from me and from most people I know um and I I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about her anymore (laughs) 
what do you what do you mean like what did you see there i felt like okay she thinks she knows better uh because she is you know navigated being a co-parent with charlie thus far but i it made it i don't know it made it seem like she doesn't like to deal with things head on which she's like it's saturday i'll deal with this when i'm back in la on monday right i'm like what do you mean what do you mean i do work like that with some things with some big things and i understand that and that is not necessarily a great way of doing things but i could relate to that that's funny because i didn't even notice it probably because it felt familiar to me that's so funny i i am such a type a when it like you know like i live in dc and i like i'm like you have to react immediately and for like the idea that she thinks she knows that she the idea that she thinks she doesn't need a lawyer or that she doesn't have a lawyer on call it, i think anyone with that sort of um name and money and contra- i mean just basic contracts like don't you want a lawyer to review your contracts every time you get a gig for the Hallmark channel or wherever you're working like someone's got to review it that's not you who has a legal mind that can find traps and stuff like that you would think that I don't know, just how she's like didn't have a lawyer. I don't know. I felt like she acted like she knew better than, um, but maybe it was just her not wanting to talk about it on camera. I that's kind of the sense I got. I thought, you know what, Charlie already bitched her out last season for saying some things on camera. He is probably, you know, in the back of her mind all the time with whatever she says and whatever she does on camera because he is going to see it and he's going to use it for something. And so she probably was like not even going to bring up what she has or doesn't have in her arsenal. Probably. You're right. But then that makes it seem more fake. I know. Right. Well, I think that's what we're going to find out about Denise, right? That she's like multi-layered. She's got a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I love her, though. I feel really tense about this whole taking down of Denise this year. I do not want to see these women destroy her because she's awesome. On the show. She seemed, I mean, she was awesome on the show. I think, um, I don't know. I want to see how tough she really is. Yeah. She acts like she's yeah. a tough girl. She's been through a lot. Nothing can get to her. But if she can't handle like direct confrontation around what's going on with Brandy or whatever else, then how tough is she really? Yeah. I want to, I, I want to see her defend tough, herself. I, I don't care if it I breaks do- the fourth wall. I don't care. I mean, we're going to, what they're showing us is basically that she's going to quit, right? Yeah. I mean, she's going to pull an LVP and just be like, I'm not filming anymore. Probably. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that move. Well, hopefully we'll see a lot of drama up to that point. And I want, I still want her to be on the show, though. I feel like this is going to be her last season. She's not going to deal with this after this season. It sounds like only Garcelle is talking to her, according to Watch What Happens Live with Garcelle and Dorit the other night. Well, there you go. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But who knows what will happen throughout the course of filming or if coronavirus has a way of changing things in people's hearts. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, girl. That that kind of hangs over all of this. It's like when it was filmed versus when we're watching it versus when the reunion's going to be, if there will be a reunion even. You know, Atlanta's doing theirs virtually. Yep. It's everything's a question mark right now. We almost just have to take everything at face value and not even do the thing that we normally do with housewives, which is see what's going on now, what was going on then, because the world has just changed. The world has completely changed. Yeah. 
Well, then they have this dinner for Kyle, and it's so obnoxious. I don't know. And then everyone's wearing, they're all trying to one-up each other with their looks. And Sutton comes in right out of the you know gate, just definitely judging Erica's short dress. Teddy <laughs> not ha- like wearing this black jumpsuit, you know, not realizing she's pregnant and trying not to show. Um, and just and then judged Dorit's Fenty outfit, um, which is like kind of I don't know. I, I really that didn't sit well with me. I'm like, oh, she's kind of speaking down to a designer like woman of color, you know, and like Dolce and Gabbana is well known for being pretty racist. So if that's like who she thinks is high fashion. I don't know. Oh, um, I didn't even think that deeply about it. That's interesting. I don't I just, know. Why do I look shit. at everything through like such no. like, political and like racial lenses? <laughs> I think that's, that's good though because I would never even go there in my mind. I just think this woman is nuts and I love it. I love a really crazy woman like coming in for a first season. Everyone knows who Rihanna is and everyone knows and the even I know like Fenty <laughs> is a line and I know that it's gotten like, you know, good acclaim from people who know about fashion. I know nothing about fashion, so I can't say if it's good or not, you know, but it definitely didn't she, but fail. She just is her. She just is there to judge people. She's though. there you to can judge tell people. Right away. But yeah. you know what? Maybe we need that. And and I, I bet it'll it sounds like from what Garcelle said on Watch What Happens Live, that it'll come to a head and they'll eventually come to an understanding. Mm, OK. All right. I'm here for it. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. And then um, Teddy announces that she's pregnant. And it made it seem actually like Teddy had formed some relationships off camera over the course while they weren't filming, particularly with Erica and Dorit. I feel like Teddy is pretty authentic. She's just boring. And so, you know, she's definitely actually wants to be friends with these women, not just film with them. And that's why I think Kyle likes her because she, you know, is like this little puppy dog that Kyle can kind of manipulate and I don't know, whatever. And so that's just really interesting to see because they all seem genuinely really happy for her. They do. They seem really happy for her. She seems like she's in with the group in a way that she never was before. And she was instrumental in ding dong the witch is dead according to them i'm not calling lvp a witch but that's how they were treating her mm-hmm. you know so that that's kind of, i think they see her as the um the useful piece in their puzzle you know because they really are able to have a season without the person who controlled a lot of it before and i really do think lvp controlled it i think she was really good at it too like i don't blame her for controlling yeah. the things that she could control because she was good at it she's talented as a produ- producing herself but I think they're like, man, Teddy really, you know, when Teddy was really useful in that little venture. So let's keep her around and let's celebrate this pregnancy. Yeah, it's just interesting. It, it definitely felt like when they re-showed um, footage of her and Erica on bikes throughout Manhattan, like it looked like they were having a good time. I actually I, I like when I I like seeing them have a good time. You know, I do, too. Well, Eric has been tweeting like crazy about the fact that, you know, the se- they they feel so much better and filming was so much easier now that one person isn't there. I mean, she's been very vocal about that. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, so. I'm glad that they could be themselves and it could be a little bit lighter. I hope. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll and see. as I say it'll, that, it'll so then, dark. like they have the fashion show. Uh, we do get a little preview of Nikki and Paris Hilton, which are listed as Kyle's nieces. <laughs> 
was funny. I know. So funny. It's like when they bring out Jill Zarin on New York and they call her Dorinda's friend. Yes. Which I love. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. That's the best. Yeah. Did you like the fashion show? No, I did not like the fashion show. <laughs> it was like, I mean, very few of these things look like they could ever really be worn, which may be what a fashion show is. Like, when right. anytime I see a fashion show, I'm like, oh, that's not something you could like wear anywhere. You know, you know, what's interesting is I didn't even register this, but it might be happening that it's the lens I'm viewing it through with all like the panic and craziness going on in my head regularly right now because of what's happening in the world. When I looked at that fashion show, I just thought it doesn't matter. None of this matters. And I never have thought that before. I've been like more looking at it. It's like I it's like my brain just wrote it off like this isn't going to matter in six months anyway. Yeah, that's like a really existential crisis kind of thought. <laughs> I didn't mean to take it there, but I wonder if that's why I was just like, ugh. I didn't really like the clothes, but if Sutton was, well, they impressed, were ugly too. I felt maybe I should have been impressed. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, well, if Sutton thinks know. it's good, I don't know. <laughs> Sutton looks like a mess, though. She is crazy. She's just nuts. We have to remember that this woman is clearly nuts. And so I don't know that we need to go that deep on her beyond that. That's my assessment of her. Like, I think she's going to definitely prove us, prove me right in saying that she is really out there crazy in a good way. Yeah. I like it. I do still think she's sort of got this like, like underlying like race issue stuff. I don't know why, but it just for her to so easily dismiss this, like, I don't know. We shall see. Maybe that's my like view on certain like women who are very proud to be from the South and like say it in a certain way, like Southern money. Like, when I watch Southern Charm, I'm like, uh. <laughs> I can't even go there with Southern Charm. I'm so oh, but that's God, what I, I felt that for, show for years. And, that's what I mm. felt from Sutton, kind of like Southern money. This is I how we do that. it. This is how we talk. This is how we, you know, and it's like all of those cultural things are based in like white supremacy. But okay. so it's like a more obnoxious form of of Tinsley. Yeah. <laughs> Although Tinsley it's her mom that seems to be that way. She doesn't seem to be that way. You're right. It's how Tinsley was raised. It's how to Tinsley be. was raised, yes. Mm-hmm. But she seems yeah, to be Dale. much more kind of open to things and realizing how little she really knows about the world. She doesn't pretend. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So then that we get the final two minutes of Beverly Hills, which was just, I mean, like the serotonin was pumping through my brain. Like it was like Kyle goes, we were all so happy that day. It's actually hard to even imagine how terrible things would soon become. <laughs> it sounded like the beginning of a really cheesy children's book or like a tween movie. We were all so happy at the fashion show. And then here's what happened. And then it all fell apart. The whole the screen flashes black and then in white, the writing is in December, Denise stopped filming with the group. And then they show like the background for a confessional with Rinna and the producers are talking. They're like, all you have to do is tell the truth. And Rinna says, well, it's not for everybody. And then you see all the drama with Denise and her husband and her kind of yelling at her husband saying, we're on camera. Don't say a fucking word. And then Rinna says, when we sign up to show our real lives, like, you can't hide anything. Like, you know, do you think it was comfortable or fun for me to talk about my kid's eating disorder? No. Like, Denise has a secret. And no matter how hard you try, the truth always comes out. 
Yeah. And I feel like you have to be really super naive to go on a reality show in this day and age, especially an established one like the Housewives in a big city like Beverly Hills and think that you can keep a secret. It's like, did you not see Joe Giudici just get deported? Like you can't keep any secrets about your life, your money, your sexcapades, your relationships. I mean, Kyle has sort of shown that you can polish the surface up and, you know, and not show all the cracks, but you can't keep things buried. Dorit and PK, I mean, people found things out about them, even though the cast themselves made a pact not to talk about it. So what, Denise can't be that naive. I think she, I don't know what, I think she thinks she is a little bit, like have a little bit of LVP that she can control the narrative around her because she came off so easy breezy last season. And I think that was a little bit of an act. Yeah, so this is the season two takedown. Oh, oh gonna, so and then oh, you know, then coming. you have like Rinna and Kyle on the phone, and Kyle saying like, "I don't think she'll show up to the reunion." And then we see which what I think is a voiceover and not actually what happened. But they show Denise behind a green screen, and they say, "So Denise, you ready to talk about all this?" And she smirks, but we don't that see anyone's voice, like, lips moving. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good final image, though. Again, the editing, spectacular. Spectacular. So this, they, these editors need to win, like, an Emmy. They were incredible. Them and the, the New York editors have put together such good shows. And the Vanderpump Rules editors, I actually think, are amazing because they do those little cheesy, like, infomercials. Well, it's the and, same like, weird... editors, right? From Beverly it's the Hills. Same. This is the same production. Sa- you're right. Company. It's the same. Same production. That evolution. Makes it makes perfect sense. I yeah. really like evolution Vanderpump Rules. Media. Is a Vanderpump Rules is a big steaming pile of dog shit this year. Yes, according to me. But the editors still make it watchable. Yes, That's how good I agree. They are. I totally mm-hmm. agree. So, any final thoughts on Beverly Hills before we get to our fave? New York. <laughs> uh, my final, my final thoughts are even in this time of me kind of just like barely holding my shit together. I, it was pleasantly surprised at how much I laughed during the episode. I hardly ever laughed during a Beverly Hills episode. Right. I laughed my ass off during New York. There were some funny moments. I was surprised that I really kind of was interested in Sutton and Garcelle so soon because I usually reserve that interest for, you know, a few episodes in. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about these bitches, you know, but I was like, I was surprised at myself, like how in I was. So I thought, well, you know what? I don't know what they're giving us. I had really low expectations. Maybe that's a good thing because when they're too high, you're always disappointed. And I'm totally in, like, I'm actually excited for it. And I didn't I didn't plan on being excited for this, truthfully. No, I really liked it. I mean, I just like the shift in dynamics. And I don't think Kyle has this level of power that LVP had for over everyone, which is showing, you know. And totally. And I, I don't like one person kind of controlling everything. I don't either. I don't either. And so that is going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm just in. I'm in. Two feet in. I am all in. Oh, I can't wait till next week. I just I'm like, well, where is this going to go? Like, how is this, you know, and I have turned on Brandy Glanville. I enjoy her. And I remember when I was first watching Beverly Hills, because I didn't start with the first few seasons. Um, I was so frustrated with her. And I thought she was so over the top and was so like toxic and, and made it like she just took everything a step too far. But looking back now, I'm like, OK, maybe she learned her lesson And maybe we can kind of bring her back in just a little at a time. 
You know, I think she will come back in because she has to be the one to basically out this rumor and everything. And we've seen her going crazy online. And she talks about how I just got Denise, you know, yeah, and something when it all went down. I, I think she is interesting TV, but I think she gets in her own way so much that it makes it impossible for people to root for her, even when she's right. Right. But I don't you know, need to root for her. I just want to you see her. You don't need her. to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Seeing her. I'm up for seeing her, too. I'm up for seeing her just blurt the most inappropriate things out in the whole world and watch everyone there clutch their pearls, you know, because they're all interested in facades to a certain degree. And she mm-hmm. has none to even she, she get. She could not come up with a facade at this point in her life like everybody knows what a mess she is so it is always interesting to see her thrown in it's like throwing a wild ferret into a box of kittens you know (laughs) i like that imagery well speaking of not having facades let's go to the ladies of new york who just bear it all oh they do and i love it and that's why like dorinda is so mad at tinsley because tinsley won't show her warts I feel, I don't know. I feel like there are things, I mean, it was funny. I've been watching Watch What Happens Live at home nonstop. So the other, I think it was last night, uh, it was Luann was on with John Oliver and Andy asked John Oliver what he thought about the Dorinda versus um, Tinsley. And, you know, he's a huge fan of Dorinda. When he went on Watch What Happens Live for the first time, he said he would only go on if it was with Dorinda. Um, <laughs> which I just Amazing. love. Like, And he was like, no, I've been really watching. I love New York. So <laughs> he's a huge fan, which just makes, like, I feel like more highbrow watching it. But he, I love that. Um, he was saying... Like Tinsley showed that she put her dog in a freezer. Like, I don't know how much more you want from this woman. (laughs) Oh my God. That's actually a good, that's an excellent point. And I was like, she's really shown, like she's shown herself crying over her frozen eggs. She's shown herself, like, I feel like, I, I, I don't know how much, like she doesn't seem to be that deep of a person. Not that that's a bad thing, but like maybe there's not as much more going on. I think it's just the Scott thing, you know, and yeah. I, here's, here's what I think. And I've talked about it on several other podcasts too. So I'm sorry if you guys are, if I'm repeating myself, um, if, if that, that you hear me, we're anywhere all, else, I mean, your, I, your I, listeners, we all but I've done, but I've, we're all, we're all over the, we're all talking to each other about the same shows. I think Dorinda really projects a lot of her rage and upset about John and how awful, I mean, people have come for him since day one. Cause he's pretty, He's pretty attackable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but Scott refused to do that and Tinsley participated in that. She would like only present good scenes with Scott. She would never show their problems. Scott would, she would get very upset. Like when Bethany was like, call Scott right now and say this. She was like, no, I'm not going to do that to him. She was very protective of him. And he hasn't been criticized for maybe being kind of a dick to her in the past couple of years and like breaking up with her and then promising her things. And I wonder if that enrages Dorinda because she's had to go through it publicly. Ooh, yeah, probably. And and she's about to break up with John too, as we all know this season. So she's right yes. on the edge. She's right on the edge. And she's like, look, I'm putting my shitty relationship out there with this turd. You should put yours out there too. That's what I feel it's that she's so really upset funny. about. Like with John, I feel like he's only really been criticized for like, didn't he grab someone's butt once? Like Kristen 
Takeman or whatever. Her yeah, name was. and he, he's just always been and like then a Bethany suspect. accused him of like snorting a bunch of lines once, um, right. which was like kind of blowing Dorinda's cover that we all know. And so I, I wonder if maybe like the Scott do stuff like that and then and they're just quiet about it. And, you know, Tinsley know. and Scott aren't known as cocaine users the way that like Dorinda clearly is like labeled. I think Dorinda just has a real low tolerance for someone else not exposing all their dirt. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and I think she's being absolutely nuts about it, though. Like, she needs to step off with the whole Tinsley thing because what she doesn't, what she fails to realize is none of us are mad at Tinsley, really. And I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but it's not that deep for us, like you said, because she's not that deep of a character for yeah. us. Yeah. Of course, she's not a character. I realize she's a real person. But on TV, we're not like sitting up at night being like, what is the real deal with Tinsley? There aren't exposés out there writing about the secrets of Tinsley Mortimer. None of us really even care. So Dorinda is getting super (laughs) upset about something that she's not going to be backed by from a lot of the viewership. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't care. (laughs) And speaking of going deep, it was so funny. So this this episode you know they're in the Hamptons and Ramona arranges for them to go to a winery not even really thinking about like Lou being in recovery or not being comfortable with alcohol yet and that kind of a thing Um, and only Leah seemed to like acknowledge like hey when she came up with an excuse to go to the chiropractor like dude we're at a winery (laughs) seriously Ramona is clueless. I mean, she's so tone deaf. They all are to a certain extent, but Ramona especially is. She's the most. She's, she's the most tone deaf of all of them. And then her talking about, we're going to go see the wine trees where the wine grows. <laughs> that was amazing. What do you call them? So she, um, you can tell that she just started therapy, which she does mention briefly in response to Dorinda. So she's like, we're all going to go around and we're going to share something vulnerable about ourselves because (laughs) that's how you develop relationships with people. You share vulnerable things. It was amazing. It was like she just became a human and she wants to talk to everyone about what it is to be a human. Here's step one. It you share honest things. Amazing, though. It was was such a good scene because she's like, okay, I'll go first, you know? And so I I wrote down, so she um, talks about, you know, like, where am I going with my life when I was 16? And I would, I would look at the sky and wonder, where am I going? And, and I just thought like the other day, where am I going with my life? And I cried for my mother who died 12 years ago. And I'm like, I got you, girl. Like, (laughs) I wonder the same thing. And I cry for my dead mother, too. I feel that. And so then Tinsley was like, kind of saying well at least you guys all have kids like you know I kind of haven't checked that box and then Dorinda gets activated and like it's not a box to be checked and then Dorinda compares Tinsley to an iceberg that we're only seeing the surface and not everything else and then Tinsley opens up about Bruce her guy she's dating that has kids and you know ex-wives and she feels like she's number six on the totem pole And then Leah shares that when she was like 17, she went to rehab for three months and her parents put her in a halfway house run by nuns after a while while. Um, and then realizes her mom was trying to save her. Dorinda says she's been crying for a month. She's scared every day. Ramona hugs Mm -hmm. her, tells her not to be scared. And Dorinda says she feels like everyone is too dependent on her. She's tired of being the anchor to everyone's boat. She wants to be the boat. And then we get to Sonia. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my this god! Like Sonia she... <laughs> has left the building. 
She left it all on the floor the entire episode. Now, come on. There is there a greater hot mess that you would love to watch than Sonia Morgan? None. I love her. I adore her. This was I like love her, everything about her. It was classic. It was quintessential Sonia. She carried this episode on her little unstable shoulders. She made no sense. She wasn't really opening up about anything. She just said, and then you die and you catch some dick along the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, those t-shirts are already printed and paid for. I mean, that's the best. The thing is, I don't even think she remembers saying it. Mm -mm. No, she doesn't remember anything she does. She doesn't care what she says because she doesn't think about it a moment later, a day later, or a year later. That's what the beauty of Sonia is. She is truly, when we talked earlier about one day at a time or one minute at a time, that's how Sonia lives. She really does. And I need to try and embrace life the way she does. Not, Not in the way of getting absolutely drunk, but in just kind of going from moment to moment, allowing myself to feel what I feel, and then just moving on. I've never seen someone, I mean, because Luann does this thing where she doesn't take any kind of feedback in. She's never self-reflective. Sonia is like that as well. All of the housewives are to a certain extent, right? Yes. But Sonia is like that, and she never judges herself. She could, she is such a mess. You have to, like, clean her up with a broom at the end of this episode. And she's, she didn't give a fuck. She doesn't care. She never thinks about it again. I'm like, what is that like just to be a goldfish swimming around a bowl, that little plastic castle, what is this? You know, the song, like the first, <laughs> every time you swim by it, it's new to you. That's Sonia. It's, oh my God. I, but I, part of me is jealous. I kind of want to live that way. She seems like she's having a blast. All of me is jealous. She's having a blast. The only thing that triggers her, the one spot in her brain that she can't really fix, and we all have these these parts, is her ex-husband and what happened there and the life that she lost. I mean, that triggers her like nothing else. But her current behavior, she doesn't care. She'll do whatever she wants to do. And I I love her so much. And her talking about the vulnerable things in her life, in air quotes, and their facial expressions that they were showing around the table, it was amazing. It was nice to see like Leah open up a bit. And Dorinda, I mean, was basically describing depression and anxiety. (laughs) like I know I'm like okay like thank you for sharing how you're feeling it sounds like you're not doing that well who knows if it's situational if it's biological whatever it is but you know people can relate I can relate completely I mean I have literally been answering people with Dorinda's line when they ask me how I'm doing I've been saying not well bitch (laughs) because it's so true, though. It is so true. And I love that she when, she when Dorinda gets vulnerable, she is honest in her vulnerability. And that's what even when she gets mean as a snake and does her drunken toast and can really cut people down to nothing. She does have these moments where you just see this raw vulnerability. And I, I can't help but love that about her. I know. I, I mean, I don't like how she's when she's mean. But I, I can't turn on her. I enjoy I can't watching either. her. Right. Like I can turn on a Tamara or a Vicky, you know, and the OC. But I will not turn oh, on yeah. Dorinda even if she acts horribly. Because yeah. I know that around the corner she will have some self-reflection. And she will at some point come back to her human center. She will. The, the part of her that seems to get kind of that 
she can't wrap her brain around similar to Sonia is also her late husband, Richard. I know. I mean, she is still so focused on the life that she lived when she lived in the UK and what that was like and the partnership she had with him. And she's not, um, she's not moving forward in a, in what I think is like a healthy way. Now I'm not one to judge, but you know, death is really difficult, but yeah. it's interesting that she's chosen to be in a relationship with someone whom she doesn't consider a partner. Yeah, exactly. Who's lesser than, you know, she is the leader in that relationship because so she can control it. She doesn't have to take any risks with her heart. She can break up with him anytime and just be fine, you know, so it's like a real low risk enterprise, but it's not a fulfilling one. That's how right. I see it. And it's becoming but, worse and worse as time goes on. Absolutely. I mean, and I think when, remember when she got into it so hardcore with Sonia, it was so mean to Sonia that season because Sonia said that the, the divorce oh, from yeah. her husband was like a death and Dorinda Lillick went nuts because they are mirrors for each other. They both are constant in a constant state of mourning for the life they had. That is true. Two different circumstances, but they, Dorinda can't even take it when Sonia acts like that. And Sonia doesn't come for Dorinda in the same way, but they are very much alike. They are. I'm definitely yeah. seeing it more now. Yeah. So after this wine situation, winery, um, Ramona's like, oh, I need to check out this room for something tonight. And oh, no, don't come with me. Go back. I'll meet you. Turns out she leaves to go on a date. And they do what is one of my favorite montages, which is of Ramona just leaving major filming scenes to go on dates. (laughs) I love it. She goes on dates for like 20 minutes and then comes back. I'm like, what are these dates? Where are you going? I feel like she grabs like a drink for an hour with someone and she is she is someone she comes from a place of yes as what Bethany said this woman does. really does come from a place of yes she does she impressed. goes and grabs a drink she probably talks to them about reggae and then <laughs> comes on back to film the rest of the scene she's like what what went on a date <laughs> The thing is, they, and I've talked about this um, before, but it feels like her co-stars are her friends, too. Like, they know she has these other friends, but they consider her a friend, and they accept her for her flaws. They do. In a way that allows them to keep moving and not get caught up in what they used to get caught up in seasons ago when people were having trouble understanding Ramona being Ramona, and now they just get it. They're like, oh, they just she doesn't it. have a lot of self-reflection. She can say really rude things. It doesn't necessarily mean that she means them all the time, you know? Right, right. She is absolutely absurd. You're never going to change Ramona. I think they've all accepted that at this point. And even Leah, although she's new and <laughs> she's seeing Ramona in action for the first time, she's not really taking it personally, you could tell. Right. I and also she, Ramona kind of yeah. likes her. I think so. I think it's hard not to like Leah. Now, one thing I realized about Leah that I feel like I haven't seen online yet is she has an interesting history with like politics and current events and thoughts and things like that. And she was one of the two reporters uh, for Tablet Magazine that took down the Women's March and kind of exposed yes isn't this crazy so i kept thinking oh it can't be the same leah it is it is oh no so there was this article 
um, that came out about the Women's March um, having some problems with anti-Semitism. And it had some very specific things that were done and said to Jewish women who were involved in the original Women's March by some of the leaders of of the march. And um, it was extremely well-researched, the article. It was like very focused on fact which is why I was like, is she a reporter? I'm so confused. And then that kind of prompted like the New York Times and other um, different papers to do more exposés on the Women's March, including a lot of issues with their finances and how they weren't actually like paying, you know. Anyways, this is her. Oh, wow. Okay. I had no idea she was in deep with that. It was, and I, I can't quite figure out like why she politically, she seems to be someone who's a bit more independent slash libertarian and yeah, wrote, that would an, make sense. And wrote an article about like what it was like to date a woke guy and how annoying it was and how they kept fighting over shit. Um, <laughs> which is just kind of it just, it was pretty funny. Um, interesting politics definitely not your typical typical like liberal new yorker not that these women are but it was definitely interesting to know that she um can put together an investigative report basically you know aside from the whole point of it yeah that is interesting and that she's even yeah that she would even spend her energy in that way because she doesn't seem like someone who just from what we're seeing so far and what we have heard about her background and her fashion line and stuff I didn't know that she was going down that, you know, Carol Radziwill. Well, right. That's sort of, I was mm-hmm. like, wait, is she a writer? And it, I think it, she was a blogger and a podcaster. So that's when I looked at that article. It was so <laughs> the reason I got tipped off to this is because the Federalist, which is a pretty conservative um, media, whatever, um, that's owned by or, or run by Meghan McCain's husband, um, they wrote an article about about the latest New York housewife um, being, you know, more than just a housewife. And these are all these things. And, you know, and they were kind of like praising her. And I was like, is she some sort of like conservative whatever? And it doesn't seem that she necessarily is like one particular way. But just the fact that she has like opinions that are a little different um, kind of made me go down a rabbit hole and then I was like wait she wrote this like expose on the women's march oh she's gonna be a real interesting person to throw into this maybe she's the wild ferret they're throwing into this box of kittens I think she there's a I mean it was just interesting it was a really I remember reading that and being like oh my god you know Mm. as a Jewish woman being like oh okay let me look into this more. And, and it just right. exposed a lot of like fractures and problems with like how the women's march was organized. Not going to go into like oh, my God. personal can, beliefs with it, but like those fractures and problems with everything that happens. Yeah. So that's just a sidebar on Leah. So I'm always like huh. super interested in finding out if there's anything remotely political about these people, I find it. <laughs> oh God. And these women all want to hide that for the most part. whose house was it that Ramona took them all to the weirdest party? It described completely (laughs) accurately by Leah as an eyes wide shut party where someone's going to take you into a room, (laughs) make you wear like a goat mask. I was like, that's exactly what this feels like. I couldn't figure it out. The house was worth $39.9 million. So gross. But they didn't have gin. 
Oh. <laughs> that was so and they didn't like, And they didn't have people. It was so sparsely populated. It looked like an open house. And then Luann even said, oh, it's for sale. Oh, well, that's why we're here. I'm like, are they showing this as a real estate? Is that why we're doing the tour? Are they trying to sell this via the show? Oh, my God. Wait, can we talk about how before they even get to the house, um, the four of them are in a car together and realize they all have mugshots? <laughs> that's amazing. That was <laughs> like... <laughs> I had forgotten about Sonia. I know. And I love when they say, can you imagine the Beverly Hills women all sitting in a car and being like, oh, we all have mugshots. Ha ha. Never in a million. Never in a million. You know, even if it was true, they would lie about it. And these women are just hysterically laughing about all their mugshots. And then the editors put them all up in a little Brady Bunch Zoom call table. And it's amazing. I love them so much for having, (laughs) just having their slips hang out of their dresses at all times. It was so funny. So I, who, what was the name of the guy that owned the house? John? Joe? 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 John? I don't know. He looked like he had pulled his face to within an inch of its elasticity. <laughs> I was like pulled back to his ears, stapled in the back of his head. He was so creepy. And he was very into showing everyone the house. And Dorinda was like, this is an American thing. Ugh showing houses, house tours. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of normal. But for this house, it felt like it was, they were doing a sales pitch of some kind. Yeah. I mean, the house was crazy. It had a skateboarding area. It had a DJ booth. It had a bowling alley. By the way, that bowling alley is nicer than the bowling alley at the White House. Wow. Yeah. There you go. John, Joe, whoever you are. been bowling at the White House. It's actually in the Eisenhower building next to the White House. uh, And it's meant for the first family and for staff of either the executive building or the West Wing to use. Um, But it's super out of date. And there is, if you look very closely, pictures of various presidents bowling. And if you look at Nixon, his toe is a little bit over the line. And I was like, of course, he's cheating. You have attention for detail at a level I will never achieve. <laughs> it's like, Five stars. It's just like, I. that was my first thought. I was like, oh, that bowling alley is nicer than the White House bowling alley. You know, like the two lanes next to each other. It was, the house was crazy. And Ramona was just like cozying up to the owner and flirting with him. And he did this weird thing where you put her in this like swing chair thing that like went to the top of the, I mean, it felt like, Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. Uh, if Willy Wonka was a human trafficker. I mean, yeah. the whole place has like human trafficking written all over it. Oh, God. Oh, I was I like, this is not. sick. I couldn't figure out for the life of me this whole like party. And Sonia had such, she went into it drunk, first of all. She'd been drinking all day. And she went to it with like disdain for Ramona's like other friends and yeah. how. She went to it with really bad Britney Spears circa right now hair extensions too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's bad. Yes. And she was like, you know, Ramona is like, this is how I am with my other friends. Um, but with Sonia, I have to bring myself down. I was like, that is such a horrible thing to say about one of your best friends. Then That's him- exactly a thing Ramona would say. She's like, you're going to ruin this relationship too, Bethany. I mean, she just says horrible things to people. But drunk Sonia is not here for any of it. And she just cannot help but call her out from the jump. She's like, why are you being so formal? Why are you being so weird? You're so weird. This is all weird. 
And, and it was. And then Tinsley rightly pointed out that Sonia has lived the way that Ramonda is pretending to live. Exactly. Which is, she's always triggered by that one sore spot. When anybody, anything comes close to that. And then we see it even get worse when that woman who I can't even. Elise? I can't even name? bring myself to memorize her name. Yeah, Elise. So she, she was. Calls like, her a trophy wife, and Sonia goes absolutely crazy. You know, it was like she said, um, Sonia was talking about how when she was married to her husband, her husband would like force her to buy clothes, and she was embarrassed. And Elise says, You were his accessory. And that just totally activates Sonia, who just goes, she starts screaming, I was not an accessory. I was a partner. I'm a boss bitch. I was never a trophy, trophy wife. Take it back. And then she's like, I am not arm candy. I don't shave my pussy. <laughs> I was like, who are these women? What is happening? This is incredible to watch because I have no idea how the rest of the people at the party were cast. And like who agreed to be on camera, but I don't think they knew what was going on. No, they were all cast from very weird spots on earth. I mean, it was something out of the far side. That party was whack. And Sonia going crazy was the best part of it. When she was losing her mind on Elise, did you see Dorinda and Luann just showing each other pictures on their phone? They're like, oh, yeah, Sonia's losing her mind. Like, whatever. And then I later they like walk these, away. They're like, eh. They don't even care. They don't even care. They just take it on the cuff that the New York cast knows how to keep the drama moving and they know how to also let things kind of roll on without rolling over each other. I think Bethany was one to roll over people. I love Bethany as a housewife. That's not a criticism, but the rest of them, they'll just like let Sonia spin and spin and spin and then clean her up and scoop her out the door. They're not going to be like, you've ruined my night. You know, they won't get all dramatic. No, they just were like, okay, we got to get her out of here. And she was just shouting things. They're trying to get her back in the car. And there's a point where she's like into this young guy and Leah just can't get, Leah is having so much fun watching (laughs) Sonia. I know. Totally freak out. And then um, they all they go open back. the door and the wind like whips them in the face. Oh. And Dorinda just walks right out with a glass in her hand. I'm like, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing, like, ladies. That I just wish that whole like 10 minutes of just wildness, I could just replay, watch it over and over and over. Uh, girl, it's on my DVR. It's not deleted because I will be watching it over. It made me so happy and I laughed out loud. The whole time. I'm like, I just, I have so much love in my heart for this. I was laughing. It was like gleeful laughter. And then when, uh, so they all go back and apparently in the middle of the night, Luann leaves to go back to her home in the Hamptons and sends a nasty text about, you know, how there were spiders and it smelled like dog piss and whatever. And then she was like, um, good night from the lower level. Which was just so funny. All of it was so funny. And then I was impressed with Ramona's reaction. She was just like, oh, I, she felt rejected. I never wanted her to feel rejected. I didn't mean to do that. Let me call and apologize. This is Ramona having gone to therapy one time yes. or something. I mean, it's weird. It's Watching weird. It and that Dorinda coaches her. Like, it's too much. Okay, it's too little. Okay, say this. And Ramona goes, okay, okay. I'm like, what bizarro world are we living in? That Ramona is is saying these words. 
It is so funny. So then it kind of ends with this to be continued when Luann is finally calling Ramona back because Ramona leaves a voicemail for Luann that's very nice and very measured. And uh, so then we all see them in the basement kind of waiting for this call. But the preview for next week is what really got me. The women go crazy. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> it appears that Leah has started to drink. There's this um, like scene of her and Tinsley's going, well, that's vodka. And she kind of like shrugs. And then Tinsley's like, I don't think she'll get out of control. Like, I'm here. Like, I'll watch out for her. And then cut to Leah being completely butt-ass naked, throwing a tiki torch into the pool. We see... <laughs> How did I space out? I watched this whole preview and I spaced out because I was so focused on the episode. That's right. It's it's Girls Gone Wild next week. They trash Ramona's entire house. They leave a vibrator in the middle of a dish of chicken. There's <laughs> a vibrator in the chicken. They wake up Again. the next day and there is a unfinished dish of chicken with a vibrator sitting in it. And they're like, how did yeah. the vibrator get in the chicken? Which sounds like the beginning of a really bad dad joke, but it's not. It's just the women of New York being the amazing comedians they oh naturally my are. Oh, God. And Ramona's upset that they trashed her. I mean, so, so funny. <laughs> the whole thing is just hilarious. I cannot wait for I mean, this season is going to be so good. I was a little worried when Breath Bethany said she was leaving. I wasn't sure I trusted them on casting because of what happened with Barb. But Leah definitely just fits. She fits with this group. And um, I'm loving it. I love it too. I love it. It's just like on a deeper level, obviously, than Beverly Hills. But I, yes. like you, when they, you know, here, Bethany was leaving, I'm, st- I'm like, I'm still always going to want to watch New York. I will always love New York. But I, w- I had a little bit of hesitancy about how in I would be, especially early on. I thought we'd have to get used to Leah for a while. Totally in. Right totally off the bat. Totally in. I mean, mm-hmm. These are the gifts of quarantine we need right now. Two great housewives shows on at the same time. It's kind of making up because, you know, my favorite show on Bravo is Vanderpump Rules. Um, And this season has not been um, its finest, to say the least. And Uh, so to have something else to look forward to is, Mm -hmm. is really helpful. I know, girl. Same. I feel you on every level. I'm excited about it. And I did not plan on being this excited. Now, New York, I'm always excited, but I'm as excited as I would be during a great season that did include Bethany, you know? Yes. And no, Bethany I'm at the season. height of my excitement. <laughs> me too. I am naked <laughs> I in the pool, that, that throwing like a tiki torch. That's me right now. I am there. You are there. Any any thoughts um, on this week's Vanderpump Rules? Or do you watch Summer House? No, I don't watch Summer House. I watched it the first season. I can only really watch one show like that. And for me, it's Vanderpump Rules. Like, I Got can't, it. I mean, the just the it being about a party and couples and who's hooking up and who's not. I am an original Jersey Shore watcher. I watched Jersey Shore Vacation. I love them. But I just never got attached to Summer House. And then in the meantime, I've heard it's turned into this fantastic show. It so I'm has. like, should I should I just get into it? Now? I think you should. So you could start with this season or you could even go season three was really good also. Okay. Because they brought in some new cast members that really just lighten it up. It's just light. It's fun. Nothing is too serious. They don't pretend to try and be too serious. It's kind of just a, a lighter, more fun 
like and you you can do other things while watching it okay that's important to me so thank you for telling me that that actually will convince me to watch it if i don't have to get in too deep and like really pay attention no, i will no, totally no, no. bitch it sometime yeah like you can you know do a little cleaning while you're watching it there's just so much you can do um you don't have to pay that close of attention and this season in particular season four is really fun like, i have a lot of laughs okay all right i enjoy it vanderpump rules it's getting more staged. The new people really feel like they're being forced on us. And, you know, I think Lisa Vanderpump has just done too much executive producing. They're not letting. It's like, let Vanderpump rules be Vanderpump rules. It's just, it's over. I know. I hate to say it. It's over. And she's keeping too tight of a control on it and yes. trying to make the new people happen. They're using Sheena as the conduit between the new and the old. And it is just pathetic. And the whole thing is very hard to swallow right now. I'm actually recapping it over on my Hey Bunky Patreon with Mary Payne every week. And this week, I just finally threw my hands up in the air. I said, I, this is insufferable. And I, mean, I love Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> this week's episode was insufferable. I actually in Vegas. liked this week's episode, but oh, I, I acknowledged not. that it was produced in fake. Do you know oh, what I'm saying? Totally fake. Yes. Yeah, but I I laughed in a way that I haven't laughed in a while with like the whole Vegas thing. Um, Danica really liked Danica. Her whole thing about oh, I dated two guys who were Pisces and they were too sensitive and it's their fault that I had there's restraining orders against me. Like <laughs> I was like, okay, I am here for this. So I, I feel like I feel like Vanderpump Rules isn't fully lost. It just needs to split into two shows. And I actually do, I am invested in like the OG characters and I don't mind watching them grow up and do more boring things. Right. And we don't need to bring them back to fake work. Yeah, I don't want to see the fakeness. Mm -hmm. I don't care if like they're trying to figure out how to fill out a proper marriage license or like file their taxes. Like they're interesting enough that I will watch them. Right. Like, they can just do their show in the Valley and we can just have another Vanderpump Rules cast right. on the other show. It does really need to split into two shows. I agree. It definitely does. Well, thank you so much for being on this week. Tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you for having me on. I love talking to you. I and thank you for my free, <laughs> free counseling session. Yes. I'm going to cherish that as well as our housewives recap. Okay. So you guys can find me. Um, my podcast is called pink shade with Aaron Martin. I cover 90 day fiance with my, my homie, my bunkie, as I call her Mary Payne Gilbert, because we are also very into love after lockup, which we covered on the main podcast. And we cover over on our uh, patreon.com slash. Hey bunkie. That's where all of our bonus stuff goes. I'm covering housewives with my friend, Brandon Alvarado every week on my podcast. And oh, I'm I just finishing Brandon. up married at first sight. This season was nuts. And I'm covering it with my Australian friend, Kirsty Moore of the reality TV and me podcast. Wonderful. And where can people find you on social media? So my social media is so lame, but if you want to find me on there, it's at Erin Leah Martin. It's literally my full name. I mean, it could not be any <laughs> any more boring. I do. I, I don't know. There's personal stuff on there. There's TV stuff on there. And then you can also join my Pink Shade with Erin Martin Facebook group page, where is that's where I post everything for the most part. And that's a really fun group. Oh, thank you so much for being on. And I hope... We just continue to take things one day at a time and that Bravo continues to deliver. I know. And catch some dick along the way. (laughs) Have a good one, Aaron. 
You too. Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.